Burning Zozo Written by Kristen Knight Narrated by Nancy Peterson Two point six Revelations The road outside the mansion the next day was clogged with semis and vans. A black glass helicopter perched on the roof. Inside, the house swarmed with people, arranging flowers, chopping food, carrying furniture. Excuse me, Andy said to a woman cutting orchids in the kitchen. Have you seen Mr. Chen? Last I saw him, he was talking to the tiger guy. The who? The guy with the tigers, there. She pointed out the window to a man standing by four cages in the garden, sleek white tigers paced inside. Oh, right, Andy said with forced nonchalance. The tiger guy. He's probably in the banquet hall by now. Thanks, Andy said and headed downstairs. The court was bustling with equipment and people. Curtains of strung crystals and huge black and white stained glass windows were being hung from the ceiling. Banks of lights and LED screens were going up over a stage, and confetti cannons tested. Mr. Chen stood talking with a tool-belted man in work boots. He turned to Andy when he was done. Good, you're here. And right on time, Andy said, smiling. Chen didn't smile back. Our caterer had three servers end up in the hospital with a bad fever. We don't usually do this, but I'm going to need you to help set up, serve, and take down. You'll need to let your parents know you'll be staying late, probably well past your curfew. Tell them that Mr. Adams will be grateful if you stay. That's right. This was Adams's party. If Andy stayed and helped, she would finally get to see the man himself. Yeah, sure, whatever you need. But can I talk to you about something first? Andy had called Lacey that morning about an advance, and she was told she didn't have the cash. Adams would need to provide it if it was going to happen. No time now. Let me introduce you to Nina, the event planner. She'll put you to work. Between the catering manager and the event planner, the staff was kept busy placing name cards, setting tables, and cutting limes as a wonderland in black and white came to life around them. Along with the tigers were albino peacocks, white koalas, and zebras roaming the garden. A team of artists stood on ladders, painting elephants with the black and white patterns of Pueblo pottery and draping their saddles with crystal fringe. A canopy of lights soon covered the garden, and ten-foot orchid topiaries stood on the lawn like exotic sentinels. Fresh flower beds had been planted that morning in checkerboard patterns. Against the coral hills and lush green of the garden, the black-and-white scene was Georgia O'Keeffe striking. The banquet kitchens were stuffed with fourteen chefs and their staffs preparing pheasant under glass, white truffle soup, and perfect individual jigsaw puzzles of chocolate and vanilla cheesecake. Acrobats practiced on glittering bungee cords dangling above the pools, while ten-by-twenty-foot glass columns were set up on the patios. When the coat-check girl asked the man filling them what they were for, he said, Synchronized swimmers and jellyfish. 
Like live jellyfish? she asked. Yep, and live swimmers. He got back to work running a hose from the side of the house. Andy checked the clock every few minutes, counting down the hours until she could see the man who had brought to life the black-and-white fantasy around her. Mr. Adams. Yes, thank you, Mr. Adams. She quietly practiced saying his name as she set up chairs, just in case she got to use it. All right, everyone, first guests arriving. Time for your best five-star service, event planner Nina said as a black limo pulled into the drive. For the next hour, faces from People magazine strolled through the door, high-heeled and lip-glossed, Oscar winners, platinum-selling musicians, politicians, news anchors, athletes, artists, company founders, models, authors, fashion designers, writers, and more, all wearing black or white gowns and tuxes. I just took Lady Gaga's purse, the coat check girl said to Andy on her way to the kitchen. Can you believe... Andy couldn't believe. It was all so surreal. The staff served drinks on the patios for more than an hour, and still no one had appeared who seemed to be Adams. Finally, when the guests sat for dinner in the court, a figure stepped to the stage. The forty white cellos behind him quieted. He was at least six feet tall, with glossy black hair, clear ivory skin, and boyish, velvet-brown eyes. His race was difficult to place. Irish? French? Israeli? He was definitely younger than expected, late twenties, early thirties at the most. And there was something different about him from the other mega-millionaires in the room. It wasn't his expensive suit or well-groomed good looks. They all had those. It was the way he held himself, he was less eager, calmer, more self-possessed. His shoulders hung low, and one hand rested casually in his pocket. Good evening, friends, he said into the mic. Thank you for coming to our annual black and white bash. He had a soft British accent. Amidst all the gossip and rumors, no one had said anything about him being British, Applause crackled across the room. If this is your first time attending one of our little soirees, then welcome. You're in for a surprise or two. A man in the back shouted, Or three or four. The audience laughed, and Adams smiled. We throw this party each year to thank our most loyal clients and friends, like you. We believe in celebrating our mutual success, and it's been a fruitful year. So thank you for coming, and please enjoy yourselves to the limits of your ability, or our wine cellar, whichever comes first. Adam stepped from the stage, and guests reached out to touch his hand or the hem of his jacket. After several minutes of handshaking, he found his seat between the head of NBC and a world champion Formula One driver. Andy stood in the corner in a white shirt and black bow tie, holding a sweaty pitcher of water while the first course was served. Soon the lead waiter approached. Just watch the glasses, and when they get about two-thirds empty, step in and fill. You don't need to ask. Got it? Got it, she said, 
and moved through the room with the rest of the staff. When she wasn't filling glasses, and sometimes when she was, Andy watched Adams. Even with all the other famous faces in the room, she couldn't seem to take her eyes off him. He had an uncanny ability to change the way he looked at each guest he spoke to. A conversational chameleon, his face and demeanor changed from authoritative leader to grinning frat boy to protective father, based on the person he was talking to and who they needed him to be. Maybe that's why they called him a skinwalker, Andy thought. He was shape-shifting before her eyes. When glasses were drained and dinner was over, the guests moved to the garden while the staff cleared the court. Adam smiled and proudly announced a treasure hunt in his newly planted honeysuckle hedge maze. The scent-intoxicated winners squealed with delight when they received black and white diamond kaleidoscopes from Tiffany & Co. as prizes. Other guests took rides on the painted elephants or held the koalas until dark. Andy was stuffing dirty tablecloths into a laundry bag when Adams's voice came over an outside speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, as you may know, New Mexico is called the Land of Enchantment. During my short residence here, I've come to understand why. And to help you do the same, we invite you to experience one of my favorite local traditions. Adams raised his hand to the east. From behind the Sangre de Cristo mountains rose an army of hot air balloons covered in crystal fringe. Lit and glittering in the night air, the balloons drifted toward the house while the guests gasped and applauded. Andy stood, arms full of tablecloth, mouth open. They were testing them all night, one of the servers said to her. Took them till 5 a.m., one by one, the sparkling balloons landed at the far end of the garden where the guests boarded. Then, once all the balloons were aloft, fireworks exploded around them, each a sparkling portrait of a guest's face. Wow, Andy said to a nearby waitress. What would it be like? To ride in a hot air balloon, the girl said. Been there, done that, at the fiesta. No, to create that. All of this. What kind of person comes up with ideas like this and snaps their fingers and makes it happen? Makes it real? No one from my world. She looked Andy up and down and said, Or yours, honey. Ladies, time to stop the gawking and start folding chairs, please. Event planner Nina scolded. We're on a tight schedule. Andy threw the bag of laundry into a bin and began stacking chairs on a nearby cart. By the third cart full, her arms and back ached from the weight. Once the balloon rides were over, guests mingled and drank flute after flute of champagne. A famous television judge brushed past Andy in a black gown and white bolero jacket studded with crystals. Andy fingered the cell phone in her pocket, tempted to sneak a photo. But event planner Nina had warned that photos of the party or social posts were the quickest way for staff to get fired and sued. Everyone had signed the NDA, so Andy would have to finish out the night without a shred of hard evidence of what she'd seen or heard. Next, 
Catering manager Tom sent Andy to dry dishes on the top-floor kitchen. A prime job. It both saved her back and gave her a great view of the party below. Down in the garden, Adams was working his way from guest to guest, smiling, talking, shaking hands. He tried not to spend too much time with a single guest, just long enough to imply interest. And years ago, he'd stopped caring enough to remember names. That's what Chen was for. Then he saw the face of someone he'd once cared to invest a little more in from across the pool. He greeted a woman draped in white silk and led her behind the greenhouse. He touched her back, then her hip, tenderly enough to disarm her, the way she liked it, the way he'd done when they were alone. They stood close, and when he spoke, she smiled softly. Adams pulled a slip of paper from his pocket and handed it to her. She read it, and her girlish grin disappeared. She locked eyes with him, whispered, thank you, in his ear, and tucked the paper in her cleavage. Use that number wisely, he whispered, then ran his finger under the spaghetti strap of her dress and gently pulled it off her shoulder, then watched it dangle on her arm. Then he leaned over and kissed her neck. Aria, stop, whispered the woman. Someone's coming. Adams looked up to find a man in a white dinner jacket and fat diamond watch approaching. The top-rated telepreacher in the nation. Adams reached out to shake his hand. Pasta, Adams said. Good of you to come. The telepreacher extended his hand, but instead of shaking... He smacked Adam's hand away and shoved him into the woman. She stumbled. Adams whirled to steady her, made sure she was fine, then turned to face the man. Andy and a co-worker named Haley watched the entire scene from above. Did you see that? Andy said. Haley said, Hit him. He deserves it. But Adams didn't swing. He simply stepped forward and pressed his thumbs behind the pastor's ears, then caught him as he sank to the ground. What the... Haley said. How did he do that? I'm not sure, but it kind of looks like he used dim mock, Andy said, as she dried a black porcelain plate. What? Haley asked. It's a martial art that uses pressure point fighting, I saw it in a movie once. Bloodsport, 1988. But my dad told me it's just a hoax, like jackalopes or snipe hunting. Maybe he was wrong. Suddenly, the wall of throwing stars and Chen's lecture about danger flashed in Andy's mind. Adams was well trained to defend himself and those he cared about for a reason. That guy is still down, so it must be something, right? said Haley. Wait, jackalopes aren't real? Andy smiled, shook her head, and swirled her cloth around another damp plate. Haley's shoulders slumped. Seconds later, Chen and a security guard took the preacher away. Adams gave the woman a comforting hug and kiss, then rejoined the party. Suddenly, the windows began shaking like an earthquake in progress. A heavy rock beat thudded through the house, 
as a Grammy-winning band played in the court. They played a two-hour show, complete with lasers, mylar confetti, and dancers wearing computer-coordinated LED suits. Haley, Andy, and the rest of the serving staff caught glimpses of it from a distance as they gathered used napkins and lipstick-marked champagne flutes in the garden. At 4 a.m., the guests finally stumbled to their limos, favor bags in hand, eyes sparkling like children. Andy was packing up the last of the glasses when event planner Nina found her and told her she could go home. Chen was nowhere in sight to ask for the advance, and when Andy realized she hadn't called her parents to tell them she'd be late, her stomach turned to cold sludge. It was 4.31 a.m. when she walked her Schwinn down the circular driveway past the few remaining cars, light from the house fading with each step. One of the limos had its back door open and was dark inside. She went to shut the door, and a deep voice said, Don't. Andy started, nearly toppling her bike. Squinting, she struggled to see who'd spoken from the shadows. A man leaned forward, moonlight falling on his face. It was the televangelist, sitting in the back seat, smoking. Oh, Pastor, are you okay? I heard that you, uh, weren't feeling well. He took a long drag on his cigarette, the tip glowing red in the dark. You know he's the devil, don't you? The words graveled against the darkness between them. What? Andy asked, dry-mouthed. Who? Brokers' souls for a living. Gauzy smoke lifted from his lips, coiling around Andy's head. Where do you think he gets his money? It's not all from stocks or those dusty antiques, I'll tell you that much. He reeked of alcohol. Uh, would you like me to get Rand to drive you home? My driver's in the can. He'll be back if the snake doesn't corner him first and suck him dry. He slowly stood and slithered towards Andy. This your first time working here, darling? She stepped back. I wouldn't come back if I were you. He reached up and stroked her hair, then her arm, his hand lingering at her wrist. You seem like an innocent girl, sweet as honey. Andy leaned away, her skin crawling everywhere he'd touched. He grabbed her wrist and pulled her close and pressed his chest against hers. But who can tell in the dark? His stinking breath bathed her face. Maybe he's corrupted you already. In a single sharp motion, Andy twisted, pulled away, and jumped on her bike. She pedaled harder than she ever had in her life. With no street lights and a thin moon, she could barely see as her Schwinn raced down Las Campanas. Her heart hammered in her chest like tennis balls caught in a spin cycle, and the night air seared her lungs. She pumped and pumped as she flew under the freeway, over the river, and onto Agua Fria Street. Yes.
Sometimes the greatest things in life are not things at all. What will they say about you when you pass on? They gon' love me for my ambition. Before I'm done, try and let them see the vision. Problem is, most people blind. They couldn't see success if it hit them. Between the eyes, only two positions that I'm living. Succeed or die, no middle division. You see, that's why I'm so driven. One CD ain't enough. I multiply a mathematician. They wanted ten of hundreds, what I give them. I missed the last family vacation. Spent too much time on dreams I'm chasing. I'm going broke. This life alienates them. Haven't seen them in so long. They probably think I hate them. Honestly, I'm scared to even face them. Hands together, I'm praying. Dream of standing ovations. But now all I see is an empty road of never-ending locations. Ambition, what is it? What do you see? Is it plaques on a wall? Is it gold CDs? Is it dollar bills dropping from the sky? Please, is it beauty or fame or perfection like me? What I mean, those unattainable goals I never seem to grab, no matter how far I reach These lames don't get it, it ain't about what you receive It's about giving, forget material things Ambition, what is it, what do you see? Is it plaques on the wall, is it gold CDs? Is it dollar bills dropping from the sky? Please, is it beauty or fame, or perfection like me? Know what I mean, those unattainable goals I never seem to grab, no matter how far I reach Flames don't get it, it ain't about what you receive, it's about giving, forget material things. MPK, I lace up, keep going, surrounded by fans, but I'm completely alone and got my fake smile on as the weight piles on and I think I'm ready to explode in. Even though I feel like I'm choking, I probably need surgery to see my heart open. I'm working for weeks to be heard when I speak, but they just stare at me and whisper I'm a freak. I'm on drugs, I'm on this, I'm on that, but they see that I'm mixed on my tracks. This musical attack, it can be a relief for the tip for the death. All the swings and the jabs and the knives in the back. So please just sit back, take a breather, relax, and watch me fade to black. Or maybe I will rap like a boxer and beat all MCs that be whack. It's not even a competition, man. <laughs> Ambition, what is it? What do you see? Is it plaques on the wall? Is it gold CDs? Is it dollar bills dropping from the sky? Please, is it beauty or fame or perfection like me? Know what I mean? Those unattainable goals. I never seem to grab, no matter how far I reach. These lames don't get it. It ain't about what you receive. It's about giving. Forget material things. Ambition, what is it? What do you see? Is it plaques on the wall? Is it gold CDs? Is it dollar bills dropping from the sky? Please, is it beauty or fame or perfection like me? Know what I mean? Those unattainable goals. I never seem to grab, no matter how far I reach. These lames don't get it. It ain't about what you receive. It's about giving. Forget material things. It's a struggle every day. trying to live up to it, you know, this grand vision of what I see that I'm supposed to be in my mind. It's always bigger than I actually am. Ambition, what is it? What do you see? Is it plaques on a wall? Is it gold CDs? Is it dollar bills dropping from the sky? Please, is it beauty or fame or perfection like me? You know what I mean? Those unattainable goals. I never seem to grab, no matter how far I reach. These lames don't get it. It ain't about 
how what you receive, it's about giving. Forget material things. Ambition, what is it? What do you see? Is it plaques on the wall? Is it gold CDs? Nah, it ain't about what you receive. It's about giving. Forget material things.